Hi, welcome to Diving Into Deep Waters. I am your host, Erin Rowling. A few weeks ago, I shared that Abby, my youngest, started driving. She is officially on the road. She has her pink slip. She's already lost her pink slip. Thankfully, we found it. She can't keep track of anything. Raise your hand if you have a kid like that. I can't see it, but I have one like that. Where I mean, literally, like, I've talked about that with her. She just doesn't know where things are. So anyways, she texts me, like, frantically. You know, like, when your kid texts you and it's just, like, this frantic frantic text. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe somebody in your life. You can just tell. They're just, like frantically texting you and you get like text after text after text after text she's like mom and then next one where's my pink slip mom the next one I can't find it mom like there's a lot of moms in there but um we found it all is good um so we've been letting her drive uh she I feel like every kid is different some kids are like oh my gosh I don't want to drive and you're like no you need to drive because you need your hours that's how my son was Abby, not so much. She wants to drive. I, Her friends also love driving that she's taking class with. So I think that kind of makes her want to drive. And so she is constantly wanting to drive. I picked her up yesterday from volleyball practice. She has like five bags. I, I actually carried her bags out to the car for her this morning um, because she was running a little behind. And I was like, wow, this is this is a lot. It's, it's like two arms full of groceries of stuff, like gym stuff, volleyball stuff, school stuff, her lunch, her phone, her water bottle, just a lot of stuff. And so uh, it was kind of sprinkling. I thought, oh, well, I'll pull up to the door for her so she can get all her stuff in the car. <laughs> she opens the door and she looks at me. She goes, well... Um, it's like she does this huge sigh first. She's like, so I thought I could drive, but I guess I can't. <laughs> like, if you want to drive, just ask. Um, she's like, okay. So I park it and I park it where she has to back up because I just think they need to really know. They forget which way to turn the wheel. You know, we do it automatically, but think of a new driver. They're not sure which way that wheel turns and that can be disastrous. So I, I do like to have her back up a lot and she's, she's pretty good about it. She did start going the wrong way and she goes, wait a second, this isn't the right way. And I said, nope. And she turned it and she did good. Um, so I, I feel, I'm feeling pretty confident. I feel like I'm driving more with her than my other kids. Um, I don't know why that is. I feel like Paul has done most of the training with our kids but maybe I'm just with Abby a little bit more because I'm not at home with other kids. And so I feel I feel pretty confident. I, f- I feel like she's doing a good job um, until <laughs> she, she told us recently that sometimes she forgets which pedal is which. which <laughs> I totally understand that because when I was learning to drive... Um, and I got my permit. I remember at church, my mom said, hey, you need to go move the car. We had a small parking lot for our church. And so sometimes people like park like three cars instead of like the two cars you're supposed to do. And someone needed to get out. And she must have trusted me a lot. 
And so said, hey, go move the car. And I backed it up. The person left. And then I started to pull forward. And I had that moment that every driver has where I completely blinked on what pedal was what. And so, and I didn't tentatively push it like, oh no, I don't remember. No, I gunned it. And I just remember the whole car like thrusting forward and realizing I was on the gas, not the brake. Like totally wrong pedal. And like slamming my foot on the brake, literally touching bumper to bumper. I didn't hit it, but I don't even know if you could have fit a piece of paper through like between the two bumpers. It was that close. And just like basically having a mini heart attack because I knew that I almost smashed into the car in front of me. And then I just like kind of, you know, pulled back a little bit, reversed, parked, looked around the whole parking lot to make sure nobody saw it happen. Thank goodness there were no cameras back then. Can you imagine? They (laughs) would have seen that on the footage. (laughs) I would have gotten in so much trouble (laughs) had my mom seen that. But yeah, that was, I, I did actually do it with my mom once. I remember parking in our park. Um, we lived in an apartment and I parked and again, I forgot. I just, just didn't remember. And I did punch it again. What is wrong with me? I didn't learn my lesson and went right up over the curb. And my mom said, get out. And then I didn't drive for a while. So I get it. I get forgetting. And I wasn't really thinking about it until we needed to pick up something from my friend's house and we pull into the driveway and I panicked. I mean, full on panicked because all I could imagine was her forgetting which um, pedal she needed to push that she would forget to brake and would push the gas instead. And we would go flying through my friend's garage. Like, They weren't even home. We were picking something up off their porch. And I I literally just had a moment. And she didn't even do it. It didn't even happen. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my heart stopped because it just came flooding back to me. Maybe my past experiences of myself. And she was fine. She, She didn't forget. I don't think she has forgotten since like the first week of of driving. But anyways... All I can say is I'm thankful this is my last kid. I don't know if my heart can handle <laughs> doing this anymore. Um, yeah, if I, when I have, not if I have grandkids, because I'm going to have some grandkids, but when I have grandkids, their parents can do it. I'll, I'll get in the car with them after their parents have taught them. So, uh, getting started, I want to serve you an appetizer before the meal. Okay, so here's a, here's a little appetizer for you, just to kind of get your palate going. Last week, I did a podcast called Let Them, and I, I kind of ended it saying, you know, I don't feel like it's like a super spiritual podcast. I don't know, I wrestled with it a little bit, like, is it deep enough? You know, after I push send to Frank and Kara, which I just want to give a shout out to them. They This podcast is not... Um, what it is, or I wouldn't be getting close to my 150th episode without them. They're amazing. They're on it. 
Um, and so, yeah, they're just awesome. But I sent it off to them and just questioned, you know, I, I even felt like a little, you know, like, should I record something else? Um, didn't have time to do that, but (laughs) the thought came to mind and left quickly realizing that. Um, and so, yeah, just, just second guessing, selfing myself that did that even sound right. Second guessing myself. And I was talking to a friend. So the podcast came out on Friday. I was talking to a friend on Saturday and they, I was saying goodbye to them and they were like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you something. And I was like, what? And they were like, I just have to tell you your podcast. Let them was just for me. It, it was recorded for me. I, and they started to tell me how they were listening to it at work. And they said it was affecting them so much that their coworker thought something bad had happened because they were emotional about it. And they, as they were listening, they're like, God, you see me right now with this podcast. Like you, I feel seen. I feel like you're speaking to my heart. This is you. Thank you for telling Aaron to record this podcast. And as they were telling me, they started to get a little weepy, which made me a little weepy. And it was a guy. And I will just say this. When guys cry, it makes me weepy. I don't know. There's something about a guy getting misty-eyed. Actually, he was kind of telling me and some other people. I think we all were getting a little misty-eyed. But, um, And as he was telling me, I just thought, you are thanking me right now for recording this podcast. Like, I feel like I'm getting a little weepy right now. And in the... You think you're like, you know, telling me thank you and so much, but you have no idea how much you are blessing me because I seriously was questioning myself. Like, did I hear from the Lord or was I just going off my own thoughts or anything like that? And I don't know. So here's the appetizer. I just want to encourage you, like, you have no idea how you can encourage somebody with you telling them like how much they encouraged you. It, it can go like in a circle kind of effect. Like you're telling someone and it's really affecting them. And, you know, sometimes maybe we feel silly telling people that or, um, I don't know. I think we keep a lot of things to ourselves, and we have no idea. You know, I had no idea how much that person needed the podcast, but that person had no idea how much I needed to hear that I was on the right, right track with that podcast. So, just putting it out there, you know, be encouraging to someone. The power of our words, it, it just can really make someone's day or, um, yeah. So I want to put that out there. Now I'm going to serve the mail to you. We're going to get into it. This podcast is called Hangry. <laughs> um, I feel like, honestly, there was a lot of names that I could have came up with this as I was going through it, as I was writing, I was like, is this really the name that I uh, should have used? And I thought, no, I'm going to go with hangry because that's exactly what I was feeling when the thought came to my mind for this podcast. I was hangry. Now, most of you know what hangry means, um, but just in case you don't, it means um, bad-tempered or irritable as a result of hunger. Basically, it's, and it's actually a real word because sometimes, you know, people say words and we're like, okay, that's not, it's actually slang for 
hungry and angry put together. It's in the Oxford English Dictionary, y'all. Just saying. So it's a real word. But like I was saying, I was hangry the other day. And I, (laughs) the reason why I was hangry was I had told you that I had taken Abby to go get her um, toe done. And um, by the time we got home, like it was an hour there. And then it was an hour like to be at the office then it was another hour home um we needed to stop at the house and get her school stuff which I just told you is like four or five bags I maybe maybe more I don't know but she had a lot of stuff she needed to get and stuff like that and she also needed lunch and because she was, you know, got her toe done, she was like, Mom, can we get McDonald's? And I am not a fan of McDonald's. I don't eat McDonald's, basically, because there's nothing for me to eat there. But I don't know. It's just, it's fast food. It's not good for you. <laughs> but um, she kind of looked at me with those little puppy dog eyes of like, but I got my toe done. And... I don't know. If you remember this at school, okay, this never happened to me. I never got fast food at school. Never. Because I never got fast food. But I even know with my other kids, like getting, if I brought them fast food like McDonald's or Subway, like you just feel like it's an extra special lunch, you know, kind of thing. And so I'm like, you know, have a little soft spot in my heart for what she just went through with her toe. So I'm like, okay, I'll get you get you a McDonald's, which she didn't tell me until after I got the McDonald's for her that um, they're not even supposed to have fast food at school anymore. <laughs> but she told me that after, and I was not about to take her home and get a lunch. Oh, little booger. You know, kids know what they're doing. But anyways, before we got the McDonald's, we, okay, we live in a small town. I don't know, don't ask me how many people, because I don't know, my husband would know. Which, by the way, real quick, he corrected me on his spelling bee, and it was in the fifth grade, I believe. He was like, oh, by the way, (laughs) great. He was like, great podcast. And he was like, by the way. And I was like, I knew that was coming. I knew I said the wrong grade. I believe it's fifth. If not, he'll correct me again. (laughs) But we were driving through town. There's road work. Like, the the whole road is blocked off. That means you have to be, like, rerouted. There was traffic, which I know in the city, traffic is much different. We still live in the city, but in our little town, 10 cars is traffic, okay? And they weren't moving quickly. I don't know if people didn't know where to go. I'm not sure what was going on. But I can tell you this. I was getting very, very hungry. I was already hungry before we had to stop at the house, get her stuff, stop at McDonald's, get her to school, all of that stuff. Also, I might have had some espresso and not a lot of food. And so I was a little jittery on top of it, which doesn't help. Um, But we pull up to McDonald's and I'll tell you what, McDonald's is never appetizing to me. But in the moment, it looked awfully good. I mean, that menu looked really, really good. And um, so we order her food and you get that bag of fries and the smell of fries, salty hot fries, people. Okay, that is the one thing at McDonald's that does sound delicious. And oh, I will say this. I do get ice cream sometimes from there. Me and Joseph got ice cream the other day. 
Anyways, which you can get the chocolate and the caramel put together for an extra 30 cents. I'm just saying. You don't have to choose. You can get them both for 30 cents. Anyways, um, so I do eat that once in a while. Anyways, I smell those McDonald's fries. Right now, your mouth is salv... Okay, I can't say it. It's... You're getting some saliva. <laughs> That's what's happening to you. I wanted to eat those fries. I was about to say, girl, you are not having those fries. I am taking those fries right now. And because I was hungry. But finally got her to school, made my way home. I was like, okay, make your lunch. And I mean, I, I was seeing stuff that I wanted to do to devour when I got home. But I was like, make your salad, make your salad. A salad that I make myself for lunch every single day. I eat the same thing every single day pretty much for lunch, breakfast, snack. The only difference in my day is dinner. That's the only thing. Everything else is the same. I'm just a creature of habit. And uh, as I'm taking that first bite, as I'm like, oh, finally, food. (laughs) I just had this thought that just kind of came over over my mind. And I thought, what if I would have settled and eaten the fries? What if I would have taken Abby's, what a nice mom, taken my kids' fries and just like devoured them, stuffed my face with them? I would have settled because fries do not compare to the salad that I have. Because I make a good salad. It's good. It's yummy. It's got cranberries in it, like the cran raisins. It's got apples. It's got broccoli. It's delish. Almonds, toasted almonds, home toasted almonds. Yes, ma'am. Some good salad. So, but yeah, I just kind of asked myself like, because that triggered another thought, like how many times have I settled because I've allowed myself to get too hungry? Like allowed myself to get hangry. Um, I've gotten past the point of thinking clearly. You know what I mean? Like how many times have I gotten to that point? Like I grab the first thing that I can. It seems good in the moment. But then there's regret. No one, here's the thing. No one feels good after slamming fries down and a burger, right? Like you feel full, you feel uncomfortable, you have regret. I'm not saying you can never eat burgers and a fries, okay? I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying like when you know like there's something else you could eat that would benefit your body, but you consume something else like, and you're so hungry, like you overeat sometimes, right? Because you're like starving in the moment. But how many times have we allowed ourselves to settle for crap instead of feasting on things that sustain us or fill us up and give us that nutrition? If we don't keep ourselves well fed, we will settle for whatever is in front of us. And some of you, you're most of you, I would say 99.9% of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And here's the thing. It's not just something we do physically. It's also something that we do spiritually. And it, I think this is exactly what happened to Esau. Now, if you're like, who is Esau? Let me just tell you. I'll tell you. I won't leave you hanging. He's the son of Jacob and Leah. 
Who's that? Well, Jacob is the son of Isaac. Who's that? Well, Isaac is the son of Abraham. I'm pretty sure you know Abraham. You know that song, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. Yep. So Jacob, or Esau, has a... I hope I don't get them confused in this. If I do, you know who I'm talking about. Jacob has a twin. He's a twin, Jacob and Esau. You've probably heard those names. Esau, on one hand, is a hunter. um, And then Jacob kind of is not. He's not kind of not. He isn't. He he stays. It says he stayed among the tents. So I want to read you the passage in Genesis 25, and it's in verses 29 through 34, should you want to read along or, you know, read it at some point. Okay. It says, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. And he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I am famished. Do you like how I'm saying famished? This is why he was also called Edom. Now Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And when Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew, he ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. All right, many of you know that story already, but I want to dive into it because I don't know if you noticed, (laughs) how could you not? Did you catch the word famished? (laughs) Which means very hungry, ravenous, starving. He, Esau let himself get hungry. I don't know if he skipped breakfast or just because he was like a hunter. He's a big guy. He needs a lot of calories. He didn't pack a lunch. I mean, they didn't have Lunchables back then. He didn't take any nourishment for for his body. So when he smells his brother's stew, which we all know, you smell something good, you instantly get hungry. This morning I made spaghetti sauce and I got that garlic going and everyone in my house is like, what are you making? What is going on? I mean, it instantly makes your stomach growl, even if you're not hungry. But in this case, he's hungry. But even if you're not hungry, that smell, your your stomach's like, what, 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 what can I eat? What, what's going on? What am I missing out on? And so what does he do? He's, he's like, quick, like, let's not waste time here. Let me have some. First of all, rude. I mean, Esau is rude. <laughs> okay. And again, he's like, I am famished. If he didn't already say he was famished, he's like, just so you know, I am famished. And his brother, who, let's be honest, isn't a good brother. He's a tricky little fellow. That's a story for another time. We're not going to get into him so much. Um, is like, okay. I'll give you some, just one little, one little catch here. I want your birthright. I'll, I'll take that in, in exchange for this bowl of soup. Now, right here, right here, Esau should have been like, excuse me, are you nuts? Like, you think you're being sly here? Uh, no, I, I see you and I'm calling you out for like, no stew, 
is worth a birthright. I don't care if Gordon Ramsay, who I'm sure is an amazing cook and I would love to eat at one of his restaurants, just saying, stew is not enough for a birthright. I mean, Esau was a hunter. We know he's like a big guy and Jacob seems like kind of a scrawny, like not very strong guy. Do you not think that Esau, like brothers, okay, right? Brothers just like go after it with each other. He couldn't have just grabbed the bowl of stew and been like, dude, (laughs) it's mine. I'm taking this. I'm hungry. I need this. Whatever. You're, you're, no, this isn't even on the table. But that's not what he does. He replies, Esau replies and says, look, I'm about to die. Uh, dramatic much? Like he's like, I'm gonna die. Do you, I do not think Esau for one second was gonna die. There's nothing that alludes to that he hadn't eaten in a long time or anything like that. He's just being super dramatic. Like I need it. I need it now because if I don't eat, I'm going to die. Have you ever heard your children say this? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I'm gonna die. And you're like, you ate 10 minutes ago. You're surely not gonna die. That's kind of how I feel like Esau is here. It's like, you are being a little much. And then he's like, what is a birthright to me? He's like, he's just so willing. I mean, the birthright was everything. Like, everything because it really really mattered we're not going to get into the birthright so much another podcast for another time but he so quickly gives it up something that is pretty much one of the most important things in his life he gives up for a bowl of stew now before we go pointing fingers right because it's so easy to read things in scripture we've talked about this and be like Mm, that's ridiculous. Like, dramatic, come on, just take it, blah, 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 blah. We can dissect it. We can give our thoughts, all of this stuff. But if we're going to point fingers at him, I think we've got a lot more fingers pointing back at us because what have we indulged in because we haven't fed ourselves properly? I'm going to read that again. What have we indulged in? Because we haven't fed ourselves properly. Hmm. When I first found out that I was allergic to gluten, um, I found myself in a lot of situations that I was not prepared for. Um, I just, number one, when I first found out I was gluten-free, or I needed to eat gluten-free. It was a super overwhelming process, and they didn't have a lot of gluten-free stuff. Like now, you can find it everywhere. But back then, there was just not a lot of options. Stores didn't carry gluten-free products. I didn't know anybody who was gluten-free, um, except for my grandma, and she was dead. So <laughs> that wasn't going to help me, and I had not known that until later in life. So I would show up at events. I could kind of figure it out at home, although sometimes like Paul would say, let's get Little Caesars pizza. And I'd be like, there were no good gluten-free pizzas at all at that time. Not one good gluten-free pizza. And so I was like, I I caved all the time <clears throat> because I would go somewhere. I wasn't prepared. 
I was hungry, I was getting hangry, and I would just eat the gluten. I mean, I knew that it was harmful to me. I knew that it was more than just like, oh, you know, I get a little rash or like I was having like doubled over in pain, couldn't um, move sometimes, um, just lots and lots of issues with it. And Paul would see me and he'd say, honey, (laughs) try to be a good husband and say, honey, don't eat that. You're going to regret it. And I'd be like, I don't care. I, I was no different than Esau. I was like, but I'm going to die because everyone's eating and I'm not eating. And I would stuff it in my face. And he was right. I regretted it every single time. It, it was never worth it. Not once did I say, well, that was worth it. No. The, the, <laughs> what came next was never pretty and it was awful and terrible. And it, yeah, I, but I didn't care at the time until later. I want to share something in verse 34 because it says, Jacob gave Esau bread, some lentil stew, and he ate and drank. And then it says this. So Esau despised his birthright. How many times have we indulged in something because we haven't fed ourselves only to have regret? And I'm not talking like physical food. I'm talking about things in our life that we have indulged in. Knowing full well, that's not good for us. But just like I was with gluten... (laughs) Like, I don't care. You don't think about the consequences. You just go for it. And then you have regret later. It's that Esau thought that that stew was going to fill him up. And it probably did at first, right? I mean, you eat some bread and some lentils. I mean, bread is carbs. It's going to fill you up quickly, right? And I have nothing against bread. Can't eat it. But, you know, for those of you who can... (laughs) And you post those delicious looking breads on social media and they look amazing. But um, it doesn't sustain you. Bread doesn't, I don't care what kind, it, bread does not sustain you. Lentil stew is a vegetarian soup. So, and we all know soup does not stick to your bones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've made soup and Paul's like, where's the meat? I need meat in this because this is not going to last. It's just, it. It doesn't sustain. He filled himself up on unsustaining substances. And I wonder how long was it till he felt that first hunger pain and he realized, you know what? I just filled up on things that aren't fulfilling. It's not going to sustain me. And the regret that he had, it says he despised his birthright. He had regret. It came. I, after this first thought that I had of, you know, like how many, like what am I filling myself up? Like what have I given up to, um, what am I saying right now? My brain is just, it's been like that all day. I have like a little foggy brain today, which is not good on a podcast day. But as I was just kind of taking in that whole thought, I just started to analyze my life. That's what I want to say. Of like you know, what am I filling up on that's not sustaining me? Sometimes we got to step back and take a look because maybe it's not even things we think about. 
Um, we are in volleyball season right now, which means we have tournaments. They go from like 8.30 in the morning to like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening, just depending on like how far the girls make it. And in order to sustain the girls, all the parents bring different foods and stuff like that. A lot of them to give them like that quick boost of energy or whatever like that. And it there's so there's food out on the table all day long. And the first tournament that we went to, I didn't bring my food. I I don't know what universe I was living on or what I was thinking or if I was just overwhelmed and I just didn't prepare well. I don't know. But I got there and what should my eyes see that made my, again, you see food or you smell food, it makes your tummy rumble even if you didn't think you were hungry. But there were these scotcheroos, which if you don't know what those are, those are Rice Krispie treats made with butterscotch. And Lord have mercy, that's Abby's new word, Lord have mercy, which she got from Fuller House from Jesse. Um, I, I feasted on their deliciousness. I am a sucker for a good Rice Krispie treat. Not a dry one. I will not eat it. But I did not know that they could be made with butterscotch chips. And I just was flying high on their deliciousness. Super satisfying in the moment. But I found myself hungry in no time. Yeah, filling ourselves up on things that do not sustain us. And in taking a look at that in my life, it I, I kind of sat as I was writing this podcast and I, I just took a moment because I don't want to share something with you and then like not be reflective on myself because basically these podcasts are me going through things and then I just share it all with you. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And it was interesting to me to think about like the days of my week. And the two days that stuck out to me a lot were Sundays and Wednesdays. They are the most hectic day of my week. They require the most energy. They are full from morning till evening pretty much. And um, they're the most depleting days of my week. But it's also the days that I feel the most accomplished and energized And the reason why, like when I was thinking about like, why are those days as exhausting as they are? Why is it though they aren't, they're exhausting, but they're not exhausting? Does that make sense? And I realized it's because I feast on being close to Jesus. On Sundays and Wednesdays, I am the closest to Jesus. I have Sundays, I have worship practice, which oftentimes in our worship practice will just kind of end with just time of worship. Like before we lead people into God's presence, we have time of prayer with our worship, not just our worship team, but our team in general um, of everybody who is serving and just spending that time in prayer together, Um, sitting through, I have two worship services, I sit through two services, um, rubbing shoulders with with the brothers and sisters in Christ and just being in that environment, um, going home. And if we have youth group and we help out with the youth, I love being around the youth and leading them in worship when, we, when we're able to. Um, so that's our Sundays. On Wednesdays, I have 
when my friend teaches kettlebell, it fills up my soul and we usually talk and just share. Sometimes it ends up with us praying together or whatever happens there. And then I come home and I start working on my podcast and I'm in the word. I'm I'm praying as I go along like, Lord, help direct me, lead me, guide me. What do I need to say? What do I not need to say? Um, and then now I have worship practice on Wednesday. So I get to be back with that. And that's just so fulfilling. And it's just so much feasting on being close to the Lord. Like almost every moment from morning till night is being close to Jesus. And I'm not filling up on empty calories. (laughs) I'm filling up on food that sustains me and not just sustains me, but satisfies me. It keeps me full. I wish every day could be like that, Obviously, it can't. And some of you are like listening going, well, that's not how my days are. And, you know, like I can't do that because that's not everybody's day, right? Here's what I want to share. So in my research, research it on being hangry, it had this one little paragraph and it was talking about like, how does one beat hangry? And it was like, eat, but not only eat, eat sustaining foods, It's the same spiritually. Eat, but eat substance. And some of you are like, what do I eat? Like if you're anything like me when I was going gluten-free and I was like, I don't know what to eat. And I love helping people that are going gluten-free because I'm like, okay, here's the things that are good. Here's the things that are gross. You know, like that, what do you eat? You, time with God. And I know that is not always a big chunk of time. I love how my, when my husband preaches and he talks about like, that means talking to him in the shower. It means talking to him in the bathroom, means talking to him in this and talking to him in that and talking to him here. It's you're doing laundry or folding or whatever. It's just talking to him. Get in your Bible. Like I feel like a broken record. Reading your word, that's food. That is some good food. Being involved in your church. I'm not saying you got to be at your church from morning till night. That's exhausting and it'll wear you out. But are you involved weekly? Not monthly. And I'm not just saying that because we have a church. But I'm just saying there's something about connecting with the body as much as possible. Being in groups, like small groups throughout the week, being in youth group, being in a woman's group, being in a men's group, being, you know, having people that you're accountable to in your word, because that alone can give you, like when my friends feel something and they share it, it feeds my soul. It's substance. You've got to eat, but you've got to eat the right things. And you cannot allow yourself to get hangry. Because if you do, you'll settle. You'll settle every time. And then you'll have regret. I want to close with this because this kind of blew my mind. Maybe it just blows my mind. Sometimes I say that and I think then people are listening and they're going, yeah, okay. I don't know what you're saying right now, but good for you that it blew your mind. (laughs) But I did share it with my husband. I didn't make him wait because I wanted to make sure it was actually like had some substance to it. Because there was something when I was reading these verses that was just kind of nagging at me a little bit. And I even asked Paul, I was like, so in verse 30, it says, Esau says, quick, let me have some of the red stew. I'm like, okay, red stew. 
All right. But then in verse 34, it says, then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. And I'm like, I know there's no typos in the Bible. All right. So why is it referred to red stew? And then it's referred to as lentil stew. What is going on here? And I, it was just bugging me. And Paul's like, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, which he doesn't know everything. Nobody knows everything. And I was like, okay, it's probably not that big of a deal. Like I thought maybe, you know, he knew why. You know a lot of things, babe. No, don't think I don't think you know things. Anyways, sometimes I say too much, you guys. Anyways, (laughs) so. I'm wrapping up this podcast and I just can't get away from this. So like, I've got to do some research on this. Okay, because I'm like, is it the same? Is it different? What is happening here? So research says lentils are red until they're fully cooked. Then they turn yellow. That means Esau ate raw lentil soup. The soup wasn't even finished. You see, he was only interested in satisfying his hunger, nothing else. That he settled for food that wasn't even fully cooked. He was eating some crunchy lentils. It wasn't even good food. It wasn't even fully cooked. It wasn't even fries. (laughs) It, I mean, you know what it's like to eat like a hard potato, like when the potatoes aren't fully cooked, or to eat beans that are not fully cooked. It's not yummy at all. The soup hadn't even finished. He was so impatient. He couldn't even wait till the f- soup was finished. If we allow ourselves to get hangry, we will eat anything. It doesn't even have to be fully cooked. My gosh, how much are we settling for in our lives? Because we've allowed ourselves to get hangry. Esau settled. We settle. We settle for things that aren't even palatable. Crunchy lentils are not even gross. But we settle because we're hangry. Let's stop that. Let's stop allowing ourselves to get hangry in the first place. Let's fill ourselves up on foods that have substance that sustain us so we don't have regret. I hope this gives you something to think about. And the next time you get hangry, say, okay, am I going to settle for something that's just going to leave me hungry? That's not going to fulfill me? I'm going to have regret over it? Or am I going to fill myself up on things that are going to sustain me. And better yet, let's just not allow ourselves to get hangry. Amen.